I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Joining us now from NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com. You saw him in Salt Lake City last week. Uh, Kurt Heelan, kind enough to join us. Kurt, we do not have ice cream sandwiches to offer you. We apologize for that on this conversation, but can't thank you enough for stopping by, though. And we may have lost Kurt. He's upset. He wanted his ice cream sandwiches. Here's the thing. So I always look at, like, you know, when guys are coming from California, and Kurt Heelan's a Southern California guy, and they're coming to Salt Lake. I'm like, oh, they're going to be so cold. They're going to be bundled up like crazy. Kurt Heelan, he was, like, shedding layers. Yeah. Like, I was freezing my tail off when we were outside, and Kurt's like, oh, man, he's ripping he off the, the jacket. little T-shirt. Yeah. It's like, what is going on? Well, him and Dan Wykey. Yeah. I was impressed. Both of them showed some thick skin, a little bit of toughness. But it was beautiful. You got to admit, that All-Star weekend and the weather that hit in that moment really was choice. Yeah. It could Imagine this. Oh, geez. I <sighs> mean, I got to think Ryan Smith and Jim Olsen are looking at this right now. We were thinking... We were just 72 hours away from this being a problem. From a complete disaster. A complete disaster. Road that closures. Would, that, closures and- if, you, if you thought Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal were poking fun at Salt Lake City now, imagine what would happen if, if, if They're what we have this. right now. Oh, it would have been so bad. But I do wish Kurt Heelan would have had to sit through it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Kurt Elan joins us now. Kurt, how are you? Hey, Kurt. I'm, yeah, I'm doing good. Sorry about that. i got to pay my cell phone bills. My bad, guys. So. Um, you know, it happens to me all the time. It's all no, I, it by the way, Scotty, we, it was, not only was it great seeing you guys last week, and, and you're right, by the way, the weather was was spectacular. You know, it was really pretty nice there last weekend. But I think we got to get the most important thing out of the way first, Scotty, which is I did get over to Pretty Bird while I was there. Yes. And then you're right. That's a really great sandwich. Nice. 
There, it lived up to the billing. Did you go with the spicy or just the regular? I, I'm a wimp. I did not a mild, like a mild spice. Like I'm not, I'm not a super spicy guy. But I'm, I have, uh, I have the uh, the look. Pretty much my my genetic makeup is just name a country where people don't tan, and I, I'm from there. And so, just <laughs> there's not a lot of spicy food in my in my in my in my blood. Well, Hans and I come from Northern European stock, so we know with, yeah. with us, it's at least me in particular. It's when it comes to uh, tanning, it's either regular or extra crispy. So, like that's and, <laughs> and if it's any spicier than a mushroom, it gives me indigestion. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta tell you, you guys hit it. I mean, Ryan Smith and Jim Olson and the Jazz—they got to be breathing a big sigh of relief because beautiful weather over the weekend, and right now, Kurt, it is. As miserable of a winter storm as we've ever had in Salt Lake City in the last six or seven years. That I can remember. Like, this is, it is white out. Nobody's traveling. There's wrecks everywhere with people that are traveling. Like, this is miserable. And the Jazz dodged a huge bullet. If you thought that Shaquille O'Neal and, and uh, Charles Barkley were complaining about no nightlife, it would have gotten really ugly for the Jazz had this storm hit. Uh, last week. Kurt, think about this. Uh, Lloyd Cole has got 18 inches of snow at his house since yesterday. What did it start? About 5 o'clock yesterday, Lloyd? Maybe 3 o'clock? 18 inches of snow at Lloyd's house since 5 o'clock yesterday. That's how crazy this winter storm has been. Yeah, it, it, it looked, you know, I'd been following it a little bit just because when I'd looked a couple weeks out or a week out at the weather, um, they thought it might land a couple days earlier and could have affect, affected my my flight other flights out of town but uh i saw the weather i'm like oh they're getting hit later in the week I mean, it yeah. sounds like it's you know I, lloyd frankly lloyd deserves it but i mean oh that is the absolute <laughs> truth Man, you're fitting in with the show great kurt <laughs> <laughs> you hit it on the head. I, oh. and i enjoyed my last stop with you guys i guess <laughs> <laughs> all right so a lot to break down. Uh, still waiting for an opportunity to get the, uh, the, the 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 season back up and going again after the All Star break. But here's the thing: the NFL realized they had a problem with the Pro Bowl game, and I'm not saying they fixed it, but they 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 took steps to try to fix it. Do you think the yeah. NBA is going to try to take steps to fix what was really, frankly, in a like the whole weekend was awesome, everything was fun, the buildup was great, and then that game tipped off, and you're like, oh, okay, well, this isn't good. Yeah, that's been the that's been the issue is that the game itself is frankly Saturday night's more fun usually than Friday. The game itself is I mean, well then Friday obviously, but then Sunday and the game itself there's just not there's no incentive for these guys to play hard and play defense. I mean, other than pride which you could mention, but you know, Jason Tatum after dropping 55 against, you know, doesn't it feel like one of those like workout videos we'll be seeing pretty soon of like he looked great against that chair, you know, in an empty gym. Um, he was like, nobody wants to get hurt. Everybody's trying to play it safe because nobody wants to risk anything. So it's just, you know, it's an open gym shooting practice for the best players in the world. And they get a lot of shots and dunk a lot of balls. And it looks, you know, we, it's funny. I was just talking this morning with our, our, my podcast with Corey Robinson, um, David's kid, who's been to a, a million of these um, and works for NBC now. And he's like, it's better on social media because if you just see the highlights, yeah, it looks great, man. It's kind of fun to watch, you know, John Morant throw down dunks and stuff, but it's a terrible game. If you try to watch it start to finish. 
Um, I'm not the problem is there's just I'm not sure. And then the NFL is one of them, just like you said, I'm not sure what the answer is. I'm not sure that there's some easy answer to inspire these guys to play hard for for the game. I'm not sure what you could put on the line. You can't, you know, could you increase the pay pool for the players? I mean, sure, but you're bringing in the guys on max contracts. Like, what are you going to have to offer them to get them to really, you know, go for this thing? So I, I'm not sure that that's really feasible, and I'm not sure. I'm just not sure what the answer is. I'm not sure outside of some sort of radical change to the weekend, I'm not sure what their the answer is. And even the radical change, I'm not, you know, I'm kind of open to trying just about anything right now, but I'm not sure what it is. So to be an all-star, to play in the all-star game and to be considered an all-star, you have to put in $500,000 of your own money. And then the winning <laughs> team takes home the pot. That pot. So it's your own money. So it's you got skin in the game. Yeah. It's that, not might just be, it's, that might be the answer, but then then nobody would do like all these guys. Like, I'm not putting that money in it. Yeah, I could yeah. you know, that that money would get me a long way in Cabo for the four days I'm off. So like yeah, I'm I, that would be one way to do it. But they're, and they're competitive guys. You just have to get that. You've got to get those juices flowing, and it happened like it it has happened with this you know target score ending if the game is close, and it wasn't this time. But uh, was that two years ago in Chicago? When it was close, yeah, like mm-hmm. guys got into it. Like the the the, the last few minutes were genuinely competitive, but it hasn't been the last two years. So I don't know. You know, one of my ideas is have Vin Diesel, and I, I don't know if they'd ever do this, but have Vin Diesel come in and give like a pregame speech. <laughs> he was there, man. <laughs> yeah, was it, was that as awkward for you as it was for me? <laughs> I, it was a little like, well, there's a lot of this that just feels like promotion, doesn't it? Like, oh, yeah. they're doing what? Now they're going to, yeah. Um, it's not, um, yeah, I don't know. It it was, um, there was a lot of stuff that seemed to be shoehorned in. I guess, is there a new Fast and Furious movie coming out that is that is a universal NBC, you know, franchise? Well, I mean, um, it is, but I it is around guess. the middle of a it is around the middle of a month, which means every month or so there is a new Fast and Furious movie that comes out. So. Yeah, that's about, that's about right. Yeah, I, I, I they, they, they do seem to try to shoehorn in. I, I mean, was the girl from Poker Face there? Like, I'm, what else? What other? What else are we really promoting on NBC right now? Yeah, well, you um, saw Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors promoting yeah, Creed right, Three, the Creed, the Creed, the Creed yeah. movies. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, well. There's, there's, yeah, they, but everybody does that. It's like the Fox cutaways during the uh, the, all, the during the World Series to the celebrities from whatever show they're promoting, and those people look bored. They're like, "Why am I at the old?" Yeah, they're bored with the World Series. <laughs> I, I will tell you though, Kurt, it feels like the three point contest is extremely healthy. I feel like yeah. the slam dunk contest felt as healthy as it's been in a while, and the celebrity game actually hit some. Pretty decent numbers. At least it beat the numbers from last year. It, yeah, the All Star Weekend is an incredible weekend. Kurt, I had way more fun than I ever expected to have. It's just just fix the game. Everything else feels pretty healthy, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And and the the I don't think people realize how much is going on around the parties, the promotions, the events, uh, you know, the celebrities, the shoe drops, all this stuff. 
that goes on around the game and kind of takes over a city. And um, and it's especially fun somewhere like Salt Lake that, um, you know, if we drop those kind of events in Los Angeles or New Orleans, the, most of the city moves on. You know, they're used to big events, and the city just kind of moves on without – it doesn't phase them. I don't know. It doesn't take over the city. Where if you're in Salt Lake, like, everything's about it, and it it's kind of adds an energy to it, which is kind of fun. Um but, yeah, I think that, like you said, I think everything works except the game, and I'm not sure how to fix the game unless you – but I think the more you turn it – the more you can draw people in and keep it um, – I don't want to say a convention, but like a uh, – Corey compared it to a Comic-Con type of thing where you can, like, you know, hey, we've got, we're going to do panels, and we're going to do this, and we're going to have youth events, and we're going to do Basketball Without Borders, and, like, all that stuff is kind of – like, the more you can do of that stuff – like I think it's and fan engagement is great. I just have no use for the game, and I'm not sure. Yeah. Like I'm not sure how you keep. Can you get rid of the game and keep all that other stuff and still make it interesting? Hmm. So um, we don't see this. We talked about this a little bit yesterday on the air. Um, you don't see a major acquisition happen for a team, and their playoff odds in Vegas actually go down. But that's what happened with the Clippers. <laughs> With the uh, with the apparent acquisition of Russell Westbrook, we talked about the possibility of it last week when you were on the show. Now that it appears like it will happen, what are your thoughts on the Clippers with Russell Westbrook? I, I just, you know, like I said when I was on last week, I like did they watch any of the games with the Lakers? <laughs> They're just down the hall, like you know. Um, it's you listen to the Clippers talk about it and a, the players wanted it. And then I found, I talked to people actually after I'd been on the air with you, um, like they were telling me like people with the team and, and people around it and then even a player or two. And they're all like, everybody wants him. I mean, all the players really wanted him, but you talk to them and they're like, you know, he can play fast. He'll help us push the pace, which we need a little bit. And he can do this. And if he just plays within our system, if he just kind of buys in and plays within the system, he's going to be a great fit. And I'm like, you're like the fourth team in a row to say this. Why do you think that there's suddenly – if he just plays within this box, it's going to be great. He's not going to play within the – he's not going to draw on the lines, man. He's going to continue to be Russell Westbrook, especially if they start him. So I just – I am – I'm kind of with Vegas on this one. I don't think it made the Clippers better. I think they felt they needed to do something, but um, that is going to be – there's going to be a couple teams that are going to be re- – that just made moves, you know, Atlanta, that just – it's going to be interesting in the offseason because they've got some – serious decisions to make if if they don't make a run. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. So, Kurt, as we finish out the 20 games that we've got left uh, post-All-Star, basically as a league, what do you see happening down the stretch with Phoenix, Dallas, Denver, and the top part of the West? Um. I think Denver's going to continue. They're, they're, I, I think they're going to get the top seed. I think they're going to be, um, you know, kind of the team to beat up there. It's, um, 
they've got, was I think, a four-and-a-half game lead, if I've got that right. Um, that's just going to be – they're too good to you, – you, they're too good to make up that ground on them, if that makes sense. Like, they're just not going to lose enough games for somebody to reasonably catch them um, over the course. So they're going to get that number one seed. And that's a huge advantage. A, they're good at home. B, um, but as you guys know, like, altitude helps, man. Like, altitude helps. So I think that's a good – like, they're kind of the – Team to beat. I think Phoenix is the best team on paper, but I've, like we talked about, I've kind of got to see them. Denver is going to put up a lot of points, but I don't think they get enough stops. I don't think, I mean, maybe they climb past Sacramento and get to the three seed, but I don't think they or the Clippers are going that deep right now. I really think it's Phoenix and Dallas ultimately. And um, Phoenix is, we'll see what seed they climb up to, like how fast, because they're a play-in team right now. Uh, they lost a lot of games when Booker was out. We'll see how fast this all comes together. And, and by the way, when does Durant get back? The seedings are going to be really interesting in the West and who gets whom. Is there, I mean, this this kind of feels a little NFL-ish with, the, with, these, with these NBA playoffs where there's a lot of good teams and you really don't know who's going to come out of it. I yeah. mean, normally you have two teams or maybe three teams. You're like, okay, the other playoff teams, it's nice candy, but there's no substance there, and they'll be gone. And it's going to come down to LeBron versus Ky- or versus uh, Steph for the NBA Finals. Like, you just kind of yeah. know how it's going to go. Um, I think, frankly, in my opinion, I think this is good for the league because – there's really no clear cut. Oh my gosh! There's no way you can beat that team in a seven game series. That team doesn't exist. And in my opinion, I, I think that's maybe good for the league every now and then. I'm I'm with you. I think it's I think it's good for uh, the league has looked for parity. I don't know that you're ever going to get NFL style parity in the NBA, uh, just because of the nature of the sport and the ability of one player, um, a LeBron or a Giannis or a Jokic, to uh, to dominate. But there is this year. Right now, things are kind of balanced out, especially in the West. I frankly think the two best teams and probably three, if you're going to throw in Philly, because I think they're better than Denver. But certainly the two best teams are in the East. Like the the, the NBA Finals are when Boston and Milwaukee meet. <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be the series. Um, but the West becomes entertaining that way because I just don't think there's. I don't think there's anybody like you said. I'm not sure who comes out of this. You you. You can make a case for the Warriors flipping the switch. You can make a I'm, I'm not sold on the Clippers, but I can make a case for them as longer shots, and then you get into Phoenix. And, and, and the ability for an upset in the West where, like I said, I don't think Dallas can string together three, three series wins in advance. But I think they can beat anybody on any given. Like, mm-hmm. if Kyrie and, and if they're getting shooting around Kyrie and Doncic, like, they can outscore some teams and, and, and win a series. So the, the chance for kind of crazy upsets are absolutely out there in the West. So I'm going to just go through the eight that should make it to the postseason in the West. Got Denver, Memphis, yeah. Sacramento, L.A., the Clippers, Suns, and the Mavericks. Those six feel like they're pretty solid yeah. to make it. So yeah. the next two, is it Golden State and the Lakers? Is it New Orleans and Minnesota? Really, you've got the six nailed down. Who, after the play-in tournament, is going to fill the seven and the eight? I certainly think Golden State is one of them. Um, for sure. I, I just think that 
once Curry gets back, they'll kind of find their rhythm again, and and certainly they might have to get in through the play-in, but they'll get in. And again, that's a team you do. I don't want to see them if I'm Memphis in the first round. Um, I probably would say Lakers because I um, I don't know now that Zion's had a setback. I don't know when they're getting him back and. and New Orleans hasn't really pulled it together defensively. They haven't really completely come together. Minnesota's kind of a mess. Uh, Mike Conley might help them. Maybe that. Maybe this is settles them down and organizes them in a better way. I think he's a better fit for what they need than D'Angelo Russell. But they haven't. You know, they don't have Carl Anthony Towns, so it would be the Anthony Edwards show. I'm not sure that that's enough. They're not defending well enough. Um. So I, I got a feeling the Lakers. Sneak in. Just I like the moves they've made. They, if they can get enough out of Anthony Davis and LeBron staying healthy the rest of the way, I think that they've, I think they've got enough to get to the final, you know, the final eight. But I don't think they like. I don't again. I don't want to see them in the first round. But I don't think they could beat Denver. If you're the Pelicans, I mean, you had to give Zion that rookie max yeah. contract. I mean, you just had to do it. But yet you're like, what are we doing here? Because the oh. dude just can't stay healthy. And Could you imagine being I just, them? I mean, if you're that GM and that owner, you're just like, I mean, we had to give him the money, but this just feels like it's just rinse and repeat with him over and over. And it's not his fault. I mean, it's I, – I mean, I think he I, – I think the desire is there to be healthy and to, and to play a lot of minutes and be a fixture in the NBA, but you just – this just doesn't seem to be working. Yeah, and I got a feeling his whole career is going to be, I don't know, what we had with the equivalent of late, late career Dwayne Wade or, or even maybe Kawhi Leonard right now where you're like, he's going to be great when he's on the floor. Um, I hope we can get 60 games out of him. like that. <laughs> If we're going to get yeah. between 50 and 60 games, if we can get 55, 60 games out of him and get him to the playoffs healthy, that's going to be a good year. That's going to be it because he's so – you know, it's funny. We were somebody was asking Scotty Barnes about the toughest guard he, you know, cover he had this season. He mentioned a couple of guys, and he goes, "I didn't cover him that much." But then he brought up Zion, and he goes, "I hadn't, you know, I'd played him a little, but I hadn't really gone against him that much." And because that strength and quickness, there's nobody like him. He's like, he's, you could see his eyes got big, and he's like, "I don't know what, I don't know how to handle this guy." And he. He just changes everything for that team, but you're right. I don't know. It's just kind of disappointing because they're so much fun as a team, and yeah, they they're very limited. I don't want to say very limited without him because TJ McCollum and, and Brandon Ingram are good players, but with him, they're a huge threat. If you could give Minnesota ownership truth serum, <clears throat> do you think they're having <laughs> buyer remorse on Rudy Gobert? Oh, yeah. Yes, very much so, and I. I this was one where I, I, this wasn't driven. I mean, sometimes certain trades, Dejounte Murray, for example, with the hot, with going to the Hawks, is driven is not universal within a, in Westbrook with, with the Clippers right now. It's not universal within the front office, but it was driven by enough people that it happened, um, and by the people who get to make decisions. That was one in Minnesota. Everybody believed. Oh no, this is this is it. This is what puts us off. Ownership, coaches, every, players wanted. It. Everybody thought this was going to work, and it's just, yeah, I think there's not only just buyer's remorse for it not working, but there's no easy way back. I mean, they gave up so much. Like they, they are, they're, they're pot committed to this. 
Kurt Heelan, NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com. Always a pleasure, Kurt. I wish we had more ice cream sandwiches to give you, but uh, <laughs> thanks for hopping on with us. It means a lot. I, I, you know what? I'll just go over to my freezer. I'm here at home. I, I can get some. I'm sure the kids have. No, in fact, I know. My girls keep a good stock of ice cream, so I'll, I'll, just, I'll take care of myself. There you go. Appreciate it. Awesome. <laughs> take care, guys. You got it, Kurt Heelan. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.